0: count me in count me in count me in baby count me in count me in <laughs> we love being a part of christ center because christ center doesn't just say to love god and love people they get out there and they do it and that's something that has always drawn me to christ center um, from the very beginning you can count me in count me in This morning uh, to all of you, we have had quite a morning already. <laughs> um, our I don't know tech director, I don't know her official title, but Amber, if you guys know who Amber is, she's always in the back. She had three young children running around, and this weekend she gave birth to their fourth son. So yeah, congratulations <laughs> to her, but in her absence, we've all been scrambling. So this morning, if things seem a little, whoa from here on out, it's because we're missing Amber, and it'll just help us to appreciate her more. <laughs> um, I want to start this morning by talking about this idea that every relationship that we have has a story that goes with it. And every story is different. So Steve and I have a story, but our story is different than maybe another couple and their story. Um, If you're a parent, you have, if you have more than one child, you have relationship with each of those children. But each of those stories is different, right? And this morning I want to hold on to that idea that our relationship stories are different. There's not a formula. So as we go through the message today, I just really want you to remember I am not giving you a formula. Uh, So let that go. Sometimes I'm looking for a formula. That's why I want to make that so important today. Today we're going to be talking about our relationship with creator God. So God created us. He knows us by name. He knows every hair on our head. And we are writing a story about our relationship with God, each one of us. And we're writing our own unique story. And God has enabled us with the pen to write our story. Our God stories are so important that as a church, we are doing a series right now called Count Me In. And basically, that series is about what it actually looks like to follow Jesus, to be a disciple of Jesus. Last week, Steve talked about we are invited, that Jesus invites us into relationship with him. And we were just singing about that. If you really think about it, we can have relationship with God. God created the river, the oceans, the mountains, and we can have relationship with him. It's kind of crazy. So we're in this series, and this week we're talking about being inspired by God, and so that's what we're going to be talking about this morning, and it's so important that Jesus said these words. He said, the most important commandment is this, that you must love God with all your heart. All your soul, all your mind, all your strength. Now, depending where you're at in your God story, some of you might be like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I know that one. Right? I've been living that one. I got that one. And some of you might be going, hmm. But I think all of us can pause and think about what does that really mean? What does that really look like? Love God What what does that mean? What does that look like? I think it means that we have relationship with God. But even that is a little bit interesting. How do we have a relationship with God, with a creator, that we cannot in the physical see? Like Steve and I can see each other, but how do we have relationship with God? Um, So... As I progress in this, in your story, there's going to be things that are unique to your story. You may not even be in a relationship with God today, or you might be really far into your relationship with God today. But no matter where we're at, there's going to be some common elements, and we're going to talk about those. So the first one is that every relationship has a beginning, has a starting point. Steve and I, you guys are going to get the treat of hearing a little bit of our story. (laughs) We have a starting point. Now, my version of the story and his version are different. Uh, My version goes like this. I got hired. I was 20 years old. I got hired at the YMCA to be the lifeguard, one of the lifeguards. And I get there for my first day, and we're in the lobby, and I'm talking to my new boss. And all of a sudden, this picture is as clear as clear as clear. All of a sudden, in comes strutting not just walking, strutting a guy with parachute pants, muscle shirt, big muscles, long dark hair, and this is my thought, stay away from that guy, he's arrogant, that was my first thought, so he comes walking up to my new boss and I, and she introduces us. Okay, now, if I had listened to that first thought and we had the introduction, that would have been the end. No relationship, that would have been the end of it. Because in my mind, stay away from him, danger, okay? But that's not what happened. And we now have, 30 years in, we have a loving relationship. Not perfect, still working, but we have a loving relationship. But I want to tell you this, because I'm getting to something here. Our relationship did not just happen. We didn't get introduced and then know how to love each other. We didn't get introduced and then hit the love lottery. (laughs) That is not what happened. We have come to love each other over a process. We have come to love each other over learning to listen Instead of, like, when he's talking to me, me thinking of the next line, the zinger, that I can hit him back with, I've had to learn to listen without thinking of a zinger, Okay, We've learned to talk to each other, communication. Depending on the tone of voice, depending on the body language, right, makes a big difference in relationships. So we've learned to listen. We've learned to talk. We've gotten to know each other, our idiosyncrasies, our character. Steve knows that there's like a two-minute window between when I start to get hangry and when things are going to get ugly. So there's like two minutes. Get her to food quickly. Okay, so he's come to know things about me. I've come to know that he is loyal. He is a hard worker. He is, honestly, I'm not just saying this, he's the best human being I know on the planet. We've come to know each other, but that has come through effort intentionality, time, 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 (laughs) just in case you missed that word, time, okay, time is a huge part of building a relationship. A lot of times there are people that believe in God, have been introduced to God, if Steve and I had just stopped at introductions, I would know that Steve Haney exists. I would know that somewhere out there he was walking around. But we wouldn't have a love relationship. And I just want this to settle in, that there is a big difference between believing in God, being introduced to God, knowing that God exists, and relationship with him. Steve and I have relationship. Loving God doesn't just happen either. It's not just, oh, I gave my heart to Jesus and now I love God. That's not, it doesn't work that way. So as we move on, I'm going to talk about the fact that um, one of the most important things that happens is that someone in the relationship initiates growth. Okay, and that can happen throughout the whole relationship. But there's an initiation of growth. Jesus, when he died on the cross, initiated relationship with all of us. He died, he said yes to the cross, and in that moment he invited, like Steve talked about last week, he invited us into relationship with him. Uh, When Steve and I were, so after our introduction at the Y... Uh, I, I worked nights down at the pool and I would lifeguard and it would get really slow the last couple hours. And he was the night supervisor so he would go around and check on all the different things that were happening in the building. So he would come down and he would talk to me. Now, remember, I had, I had said warning, warning, warning. But what do you do? I mean, if you've been to the YMCA at Wenatchee down in the basement, there's not, I couldn't run. <laughs> there's nowhere to go. So he would come and sit and talk to me And he would initiate conversation, and I would respond. Jesus initiates conversation with us. Uh, Revelations, which is the very last book in our Bible, Jesus says these words to us. He says, Behold, I stand at the door, and I knock. If Anyone, So he's not talking to a group of people. He's not talking to us at church. He's not talking to your sports team. He's talking to each of us individually. And he says, if anyone hears my voice, opens the door, I will come to him or her and eat with him and he with me. Jesus is again initiating. So he didn't just initiate on the cross. He is initiating with us today. He is knocking. And it says, if anyone hears my voice. So that means he's also going, Stephanie, Stephanie, Stephanie. But I have the choice to either open that door or not. God gave us the choice. He gave us the pen. We're writing our story. Now, there's an interesting thing about this verse when Jesus says this. When he was talking, this was written in Greek, and he says, I will come to him and eat with him and he with me. I'm going to try to say a Greek word. I listened to it on Google, but that means nothing. Um, Deep non is the word, and it means the main meal. So they would eat an early light lunch, and then they would eat their main meal. And this was after the chores were done, after the jobs were done. And so they would sit, and it was leisurely. I think we've kind of lost this in our culture, right? We're running. We're running from here and running from there and doing this and doing that and grabbing on the go. Uh, The Haney's are really guilty of that. We are not good at sitting. Um, But this was a meal where you sat and you talked and you bonded and you went really deep. And I just, that's such a beautiful picture. Also, the main meal is not one and done. It's not like, oh, I ate with Jesus. Okay, check. The main meal is every day. And with that main meal, when Jesus says that I will come and eat with you, he's saying, I will come and give you fresh, new, new, Maybe you need new forgiveness. Maybe you need new grace. Maybe you need new purpose. Maybe you need new provision. So every day we are given the opportunity to write our story, to um, fill in those pages by inviting Jesus in when he's doing this. Another element of loving relationship is the getting to know each other stage. Okay, so this is a fun one. So, um, Steve and I, after we had met at the Y, we had had some conversation back and forth at the pool. He invited me over to have dinner with his family at his parents' house, and so we were there. And they have a pretty small, little old school farmhouse in the middle of an orchard, and. Uh, So I was standing in the living room looking at the family pictures, and I don't know where he was. And I'm looking at this one picture, and I'm like, oh, yeah, there's his brother, Rick. I've met him. And there's his sister, Janet. I've met her. And there's his brother, Jim. I've met him. And wait a minute. I didn't know he had a third brother. So Steve comes walking back in, and I say to him, I didn't know you had a third brother. And he says, I don't. And I'm like, well, who's this? Who's this? He says, well, that's me. And I'm looking at Steve, and I'm looking at the picture. No, it's not. I literally said that. No, it's not. (laughs) Yeah, foot in mouth. He says, yes, that's me. He says, I had a weight problem in junior high and high school. Now, I had a weight struggle in high school. Uh, And all of a sudden, Steve and I went deeper I'm looking at a family picture and it's drawing me into his... I'm getting to know Steve. Now it's not just casual conversation. I'm getting to know him. We just had a moment and it actually bonded us because we both knew that hard of struggling with weight. We knew how it felt and how hard it was. And all of a sudden we were connecting on a deeper level. This book... I'm going to hold it up because I love this book. This book is God's family picture. That's what this is. It is a picture of the family of God from beginning through Revelations, through our future. And in this book, there are all kinds of characters, there's all kinds of answers, there's all kinds of questions. In this book, though, the thing I think that I have found most valuable is it tells me who God is. The depth. God is not just one character trait. He's many. And this book tells us who he is. So, getting to know each other, getting to know God, this book is very important. Now, I want to say two things about this book. The first thing is, when I first started understanding, um, oh, Christians are supposed to read their Bibles. um, I was like, okay, I'm supposed to read my Bible. Well, at that time, I was struggling with um, actually a worry over finances. I was really worried about money. And I was carrying just a lot of weight and responsibility at a pretty young age. And somebody just mentioned to me, they were like, oh, you should read Philippians 4, 4 through 8. And Jessica, who's running our words tonight, actually laughed as she was looking at this message. Because I have since passed this wisdom on to many, 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 many people. So anybody who's ever kind of been mentored by me with Jesus, they have this verse memorized. But it was my first verse. And uh, so I didn't know where Philippians was. I didn't know that Philippians was a letter written by a man named Paul to a church. I didn't know that it was in the New Testament and not the Old Testament. I didn't know anything, but someone told me I should read my Bible. And so I looked up Philippians in the table of contents, and I went, and I found chapter four, and then I found verse four. And I'm going to read it to you. This is what it says. Oh, I'm going to read two verses ahead of the screen, but it says, Rejoice in the Lord always. Always. Again, I will say, rejoice. Let your gentleness be known to all. The Lord is at hand. And I went, oh, I think that means that God is here. God is at hand. He's with me. Okay. Be anxious for nothing. Hmm. How do I do that? I'm just reading. This is my first time really reading the Bible. But in everything by prayer, okay, okay. And supplication, what does that mean? I had to look that word up. With thanksgiving, okay, I can do that. I know how to thank God. I, it's weird because Bible reading came later to me, but I, I knew God loved me, so I could thank God for his love for me. Let your requests be made known to God. Okay, God, here's my request. Here's what I'm worried about. Here's what I'm anxious about. And the peace of God which surpasses all understanding, will guard your heart and your mind through Christ Jesus. And, oh my goodness, as I'm sitting there having this conversation with God, I'm giving him my anxiety, this peace is coming. Again, I didn't know anything about how the Bible, the big picture of the Bible. I didn't know... Genesis was creation, and Revelations is kind of the future stuff that's going to go down, and I didn't know, but God still spoke to me in this principle, and this principle happened in my life. As I did what the Bible said to do, this happened, and this peace came, and I came to know God. We're talking about relationship with God. I came to know God as peace giver. He gives peace. That is the first thing I came to really know and understand about God. Because I opened this book and I looked up a verse and God spoke to me. Now, that is a beautiful thing, but I also want to say this. Part two of this part about the Bible and our faith is this. At some point, I encourage everybody to get in some kind of a class where you learn the big picture of the Bible, the difference between Old and New Testament, the difference between God, Jesus, and Holy Spirit, the difference between the Hebrews and the Jews and the Gentiles and Samaritans, the difference between the Sadducees and the Pharisees and a temple and a church and all these things, like... There's classes that they offer where you can get the big picture. And then that really helps, and it takes you deeper as you study and read this word. So it's, it's so good, too. So both are important. Now, if you have anything to write with, because we don't have this slide, if you can put it in a note in your phone, this is for everybody. I don't care where you're at in your God story. This is for you. I have found a podcast By a guy called Tim Mackey. And I wish I had it up there so you could take a picture of it, but we don't. But Tim Mackey, and he has a podcast called Exploring My Strange Bible. This is so good. It will take you to a whole new level of understanding in your Bible. So I highly encourage it. I listen to it when I'm running on the canal, Exploring My Strange Bible. Also, (laughs) although. I'll just take a minute to tell you this funny story. So I've been telling everybody about Tim Mackey, and uh, the other day I went to turn on the Tim Mackey uh, podcast, and Tim Mackey was talking like this, and I was like, what's wrong with him? Has he been taking drugs? Is he drunk? Like, what is going on? because it didn't change it just kept that's not how Tim Mackey talks and so I said oh no Steve I've been telling all these people about Tim Mackey and there's something really wrong with him um well it turns out there's a speed dial or something on podcasts anybody can help me with this because Tim Mackey is still on slow motion so somebody after church helped me with this okay Anyway, so Tim Mackey, My Strange Bible, or The Bible Project. Either one of those is a great way to grow your knowledge of the Bible. Second, um, oh wait, that was my second. Okay, sweet. The Bible, important in your developing relationship with God. Second thing is hearing God's voice. Now, some of us who have been a Christian for a while, were like, oh yeah, God, God told me this. Oh yeah, God spoke to me. And if you haven't been following Jesus for a while, you're like, really? God talked to you? Really? Well, what did he say? Well, did somebody else hear him? You know, like... It's something that we, if we've been in the faith for a while, it's just we say it as if we're saying, I went out and mowed the lawn. But if you think about it, for a person that has not been following Jesus, and we say, God spoke to me, that's kind of earth shattering, So, it's important that we understand that learning to hear the voice of God, Steve and I learning to listen to each other and really hear the heart of what we're saying, it's an art form. It takes time. It develops over time. I have never had God speak to me in a way that if you were sitting next to me, you could hear me. But God has spoken to me. There's a story in the Bible of a young man named Samuel. And Samuel um, was a helper at church. I think that's the best way to explain it. So back in the day, they had temples, and the temples had living quarters where uh, the priest would live and then the helpers would live there as well. They did the sacrifices at the temple. They would worship at the temple. That's where their church community happened, but people had to live there to take care of the facility. So priest Eli lives there, and this young man named Samuel. Now, in this story, it says, Samuel did not yet know the Lord, nor was the word of the Lord yet revealed to him. Now, Samuel was volunteering at church. He was a worker. He was there. He was being mentored by a priest And yet he did not yet know the Lord. So this is cool. This is what happens. So Samuel, one night, sleeping in his bed. Eli, the priest, is off in his living quarters. And Samuel hears, Samuel, Samuel. He's like, oh, okay. So he gets up and he goes in, yes, Eli. And Eli's like, what are you doing up? Go back to bed. So Samuel goes back to bed and is about to fall asleep. Samuel, Samuel. Samuel. Goes back into Eli. Yes, Eli. Eli's like, what are you doing? Go back to bed. So Samuel goes back to bed. Third time, Samuel's sleeping. Samuel, Samuel. Gets up, goes in, and then by then Eli's irritated. He's like, what is going on? And then he realizes, oh, God is trying to talk to Samuel. So he tells Samuel to go back, and if he hears his, voice, his name being called again to say, and I want you to hear this, speak, Lord Your servant is listening. Samuel didn't get it right the first time, the second time, the third time. He needed a mentor. These are ways that he started to hear God speak to him. That time, it was an audible voice. But God can speak to us many ways. This Philippians 4, 4 through 8, God spoke to me. I was reading along, and I read, the Lord is at hand. And I knew, I knew in my heart, in my soul, in my mind, I didn't hear an audible voice, but at that moment, I would say God was speaking to me from that verse. I read it, and I was like, yes, God is with me right now. That's a way that God will speak to us. Sometimes, it'll be through a mentor, if it comes through a person, or if you don't know your Bible super well, check in with somebody else, I could come up to you and say, "Laura, God told you to move to Africa today." You know?" And Laura could be like, "Oh my gosh, the pastor's wife told me I should move to Africa today." You know So a wise person would go get a second or third opinion on that. <laughs> So, it's, it's learning to hear God's voice is a process. That's the point I'm trying to make. But we should always, no matter how far into our story, our God's story we are, we should always be in a posture of, Speak, Lord, your servant is listening. Okay, talking to God. Prayer. Prayer. When Jesus was on earth, he was walking around with his guys for three years. He had his circle of 12 around him, and his guys would see him go and pray. And finally, they said, Jesus, will you teach us to pray? And this is what Jesus said to them But when you pray, go into your room, close the door, Pray to God, pray to your Father, who is unseen. I think that's a really interesting word that they use, who is unseen. So all of a sudden we realize we're talking to what feels like the air. (laughs) This is a learning thing, right? So we're talking, I talk out loud when I pray. Then your Father, then God, who sees what is done in secret, will reward you. That's out of Matthew 6.6. Now... That does not mean this is the only way to pray. And I want to say this because this is fun. Google prayers in the Bible. When you're having your God time, there's all kinds of prayers in the Bible. Look at all the different ways that we are led through the Bible to pray. There's some really, sometimes when I'm praying for you guys, I will find one out of Ephesians or I'll find one out of Hebrews, and I will pray that over you guys. So it's a neat, good way to mix up your prayer life a little bit. This is what I do. And it doesn't have to be in your room. The principle is get alone with God. Get alone with him. Get rid of this. (laughs) Get rid of this if it vibrates every time you're getting a notification. I put them in a drawer. And I walk far away from that drawer. Then I have my God time. Or if I'm in the car, I'll literally take this off. This is funny. I see people elbowing each other. Okay. So... These are kind of some of the things I do. I I thank God. I always start with thanksgiving. Our God story is unique, but this one we should all just start with thanksgiving. God has blessed us beyond words. We should always come to him with gratefulness first. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Forgiveness. Every time I have God time, I ask for forgiveness. I am fully aware I am so human still. God still has a lot of work to do on me, so that is a constant. Cares and concerns. Um, a week and a half ago, my mama was in the hospital with COVID and pneumonia. My stepdad had COVID. And we were praying. And we, I was praying. Like, I could just imagine her all alone in this hospital room Um. So just afraid and ugh. Anyway, so I was praying that God would just meet her there, that he would just be so present in her room that she would be aware of him and she would be okay. I ask him questions. Right now my questions are around this whole very important, I am not belittling this at all, but there's this huge social justice movement and I care I care deeply about this, but I have no idea what to do with it. And so I'm talking to God about it. I'm just like, God, it's not political at all. It's nothing to do with politics. It has everything to do with anybody who's being treated unfairly. We should care and we should do something. So I'm saying, God, do you have something? Should we be doing something? What could we do? How could we take care of people better? So I talk to him about that because I'm processing it. I'm honest. And then I always pray that God would use me for his purpose. I always pray, God, I know that you created me for purpose. And everyone here, everyone on, on Facebook, on the different social media sites, God has a mission and a purpose for our lives. And it's not fancy, and I'm not talking future, Today, my mission this morning was to get up and share and hopefully encourage you guys. Then guess what? I'm putting on the work clothes, and Steve and I are driving up Derby Canyon, and we're doing yard work for my mama all afternoon. That's my mission. But I always pray that God will direct me and lead me to his mission, his purpose for my life. Okay. So we have just talked about the main thing this morning, which is getting to know God. Some of you in this room are probably thinking, man, Steph, this was pretty basic. Yeah, it is. But it never hurts to be reminded ever, ever that Jesus is doing this every day and that the most important commandment, the most important is to love God with everything in us. It's most important. It's more important than our children. It's more important than our relationships with our parents. It's more important than our vacation time. It's more important than our holidays. It's more important than our jobs. Because if we don't invite him in, we're trying to live our life without being led by our creator. And that's a mess. And we all know it because we've all done it. So it's just a really good reminder. Also, if you're in a place where this is like second nature, you're like, yes, Stephanie, I am disciplined. Every day I have my God time. I'm really good about it. Then the next step for you is to lead somebody else. There's a lot of Stephanies running around that don't know. We still haven't arrived. We still don't have it all figured out. And we need to be mentored So I remember I was driving a high school girl home, and I was just new to youth ministry. Maybe, I think she was in junior high. And I'd been telling her to read her Bible, and I'm new to this whole God thing. She's new to it. And uh, she says, Stephanie, I tried to read my Bible, and there was this really weird thing about, like, God killing a whole bunch of people. And I was like, I know. It's really weird, huh? I don't get it either. But then I realized I knew more than she did. So I was like, hey, how about twice a week after school when I take you home, we'll sit and read our Bibles together for a half hour and talk about it. And that was the beginning of her love for God's word. I knew a little bit more than her, not much. So if you're sitting here today and you're like man why did I even come to church I know this stuff maybe you came to church so in your next God time when you invite him in you can pray and say to God God do you have somebody that I'm supposed to be helping so that they'll know how to have God time something to think about for the rest of us if we haven't arrived here's my challenge to you calendar your God time Again, we calendar all of our kids' activities. We calendar our vacations, you bet, every year. Like, whenever our work year rolls around, we're like, okay, when's my vacation? Okay, get it on the calendar, right? We calendar our coffee dates with our friends because those are super important. We calendar the big football games or basketball games or Gonzaga games or whatever right? We get those things on the calendar. And yet, the most important thing, do we have God on our calendar? And it's a literal challenge. The temptation is to go home and, oh, we need lunch, and we need to go to the grocery store, and, oh, tomorrow's Monday. How did that happen? And all of a sudden, the day has gone by, and it was just another message, and nothing changed. Or you can go home and put God on your calendar. So I challenge you to do that. I'm going to end with this verse. Psalm 1611 says this. God, you will show me the path of life. If we want to rock this thing called life, if we want to knock it out of the park, if we want to take the win, it comes through listening to God talking to God and figuring this book out. You will show me the path of life. In oh good, worship team knows because we had a okay. In your presence, God is fullness of joy. Listen to that. Ignore these guys for one minute. In your presence is fullness of joy. I cannot tell you I could I we could be here all day, me telling you stories of God times I have had, yep, I'm getting head shakes, where he has met me in powerful ways. And I have walked away going, God just gave me purpose. God just forgave me. God just showed me this really cool thing that I didn't know. God loves me. Like, I just, God empowered me today. I can do this. That is God time, and that's what he does when we open that door to him. In his presence, his fullness of joy. Okay, here's where we were going to have a testimony of this, what I've just shared with you. Um, I was on Instagram the other day, and uh, I was scrolling through, and one of my girls had written this. And I read it, and I was like, that's what I'm talking about on Sunday morning. So I was going to, she did a video for us, and we were going to have the video, but one of our machines in the back broke this morning, so we don't have the video, but I'm going to read to you what she wrote. So just settle in and listen to this fun thing. This is a college kiddo over at Northwest University, and her name is Karsty. and this is what she said on the post. She said, Hello, coming to you from quarantine in downtown Bellevue. When I heard I would be sent into uh, quarantine, I was a little discouraged, but I prayed that I would be able to take advantage of the next seven days in isolation. I had, cu- I had some specific things in mind I wanted to pray about and take the time to grow with the Lord in specific things I wanted to capitalize on in my spiritual life being alone in a room with only the spirit to look let's uh, see being alone in a room with only the spirit I uh, sorry you guys it's so hard to read I look forward to this oh there we go I can make it bigger Uh, I look forward to this week, and I can already say that I feel so in love with the Lord on this first night. I live-streamed my incredible college's Monday Night Pursuit worship service, and I found myself with my hands raised in worship with tears pouring down my face and my spirit. I'm sorry, I'm just so touched because this is what happens when you open the door to God. Tears pouring down my face, and my spirit filled up with the Holy Spirit. God is so powerful and so incredible. I am now looking forward to this week with the Lord. I am embracing the reality of living in both silence and colossal noise this week, both in peaceful solitude and rapturous singing within my soul. Thank you, Jesus. In his presence is fullness of joy refresh, renew, open that door to him again, do it in a new way, get to know him. This book, I don't care how long you've been a Christian, this book has new things. The Bible has new things for you to learn and know about God. So just be encouraged this morning to make God time an effort and a priority and write your God story in a way that you want to reread it. Thanks, you guys.